Two brothers. When united, form the Disney Majors. Fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. Hello everyone, I'm Eli Hollingsworth and I am joined by my brother, Jake Hollingsworth. And welcome back to the Movie Majors Podcast, where we have some interesting things to go over today. Let's no more dilly-dallying, let's just get straight into it. Well, first of all, we have the Batman Dun, 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 dun. I thought you were about to dilly-dally. Okay, I was going to get mad. Yeah, first of all, we have The Batman comes out this week. In fact, it comes out in theaters two days. We're going to see it tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. We all know early reviews are out. It currently has, like, what, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes? 80-something. Um, and people are saying that it's basically a masterpiece. It's a, it's a very, very good movie and one of the best comic book movies, if not one of the, yeah, one of the best Batman movies, if not one of the best comic book movies ever. So, I am extremely excited to go see it tomorrow, um, and we're definitely going to do our review on, on Friday. So 86% on the Rotten Tomatoes, and it's certified fresh by the critics. The audience score, however, has not given it anything yet. A grim, a, this is the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. A grim, gritty, and gripping super noir, the Batman ranks among the Dark Knight's bleakest and most thrillingly, thrillingly ambitious live-action outings. Wow, that was not very good. Um, yeah, so that's that's uh, the general consensus for the Batman, and I think that's going to be a great time at the movies. So, that's going to be exciting. Be on the lookout for our review of the Batman, and um, we've been getting some stuff for Doctor Strange 2, right? Yes, we do have some stuff for Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness, as well as, well, we did have the Batman stuff. So, Doctor Strange 2, rumors have been getting out of hand. And so, Bruce Campbell... Things just got out of hand. I just realized that. Things oh, he just leaked got something, out of hand. didn't he? Bruce Campbell, he leaked something? No, he actually confirmed something. So, Bruce Campbell came out and confirmed that he's in the movie. Uh-huh. And he also confirmed something that made fans worry and say that he's in the movie... But he said that they have been reshooting it, and that there's been a lot of things that they've been reshooting and testing. Oh, really? They've re- He said they reshot most of the movie the when they did those reshoots back in back in that day. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So everyone's a little worried. Like, how will the how will the final product be? They had to reshoot so much in the movie. No, he did leak something. He leaked a page of the script. He did. I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, it, it might have been. I think some people were saying that it was Bruce Campbell trolling, though. Like, not really real. But the script says, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, Barlett and Walden and Raimi, exterior woods night, the kaleidoscope-like multiverse effect fades away and Strange finds himself alone in mist-covered woods. Strange muttering, now where am I? He raises his hands to once again call upon the energy of the twelve moons of Moonopore when the muffled sound of a chainsaw from behind causes him to turn around. The mist dispersed to reveal a... Ramshackle cabin with a porch swing. Several windows are broken and two fist-sized holes appear on the front door. 
In the front door, the front door opens and a disheveled man steps through the doorway. Strange can't help but notice that that man has a chainsaw where his right hand should be. Strange readies his eldritch shields. Disheveled man, who are you? Strange, I'm looking for the Darkhold. Disheveled man, never heard of it. Strange, it's an ancient book of magic, a grim horror for dark, grim horror for darkness and evil. Disheveled man, does it have a face on the cover? Strange lowers his shields. He wasn't prepared for such a response. Uh, no. And then exterior, Greenwich Night. Wong continues tracking the entity down Kivington Boulevard. Streetlights flicker and steam rises steadily from the sewers. Uh, so that's what this that's page that apparently Bruce Campbell leaked. But I think some people are yeah, saying that's fake. I don't know the fake. story on that. But it's probably from one of like Sam Raimi's like old horror movies from back in the day. Well, one of Sam Raimi's horror movies is my guess. That he I think this it. might be what it is. Um, but yes, that is. Oh wait, it's funny how the yeah. movie's to come out this month. If like if they hadn't done the reshoots, then it would have been out been coming out this month. Seriously? Yeah, like not this. Like I think it would have been like two Fridays from now. Like the twenty second, I want to say. So it would have come out. So if they hadn't have done the reshoots, then Doctor Strange would have come out like two weeks after the Batman. Which is good that they didn't do that because then the Batman would get absolutely destroyed. Oh yeah, probably Batman would probably be destroyed. It would have a two week strong run, and then it would get. Mystified by Doctor Strange. Mystified, that sounds wrong. You get beaten by Doctor Strange. But also, so there have been rumors. So, and when they released the poster back when they dropped the Super Bowl, right? Dead people are wondering if they spotted. Think they've spotted Deadpool on the Doctor Strange two poster. And so they asked Ryan Reynolds if he's in the movie, and he goes. And here's what Ryan Reynolds says. He's just like, I'm really not in the movie. And he says, I promise you, I'm not in the movie. Is what he's saying. And I'm just mm. like, mm, sure, Mr. Pool. Yeah. I I'm, mean. Like, I think we have another werewolf situation here. Well, like, hey, man, Marvel, Marvel has to learn. They need to get a better tactic because the fans can just see right through it when the person is just like, oh, yeah, I'm not in the movie. Well, maybe, like, well maybe he isn't in the movie, but I'm sure he is. He's like, why would they pass an opportunity to do Deadpool in this movie? Yeah, like, he's just, oh, I'm not in the movie. Yeah, we're 99% sure that you are. And so. apparently it's rumored that they cut Wolverine, Deadpool, Blade, and Magneto from Doctor Strange 2. Seriously? I think the roles. But I don't believe that for a second, because those same sources were saying that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were not in Spider-Man No Way Home a week before it came no. out. And look how that came out. So, and also one thing I'm choosing to believe, not to mind to believe that, it's like, those are like some of the biggest cameos they could have. Why would they cut those? Yeah. If there was, like, those are the biggest cameos they were probably going to have. Deadpool being the biggest one. Like, why would they cut those? Yeah, they. I don't think they would. Exactly. Also, uh, something else dumb happened. Uh, Patrick Schroeder was asked if he was in it, and he said that people are really good at imitating his voice, and that it's not him in the Doctor Strange trailer. And later he says, who's Doctor Strange? But also now he's confirmed that it's his voice. Yeah, I heard that. that he, he said that, he was on an interview, and he said that he didn't even recognize his own voice, but he said that that is him in the movie. Uh... I know, he's he's a, he seems like a weird guy. No, that just sounds like a... It sounds like he was like, no, he's like, what, who's Doctor Strange? And he's like, oh, what, people are good at imitating my voice. And then Marvel is like, Psst, hey, that's a, that's, don't say that. That's, it's obviously you, no. Yeah. And, then, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't recognize my voice. Dude, that's like, your voice. It sounds like, it, I feel like maybe that was like Marvel like, Psst, no, don't do that. Sit, stop, stop. Because that's just dumb that he's just like, oh, people are good at imitating my voice. But my thing with Doctor Strange 2, I'm sure it'll be good. It, that trailer looks, makes it look really good, uh -huh. that last trailer. But my thing with the movie is, uh, will, are people interested, intrigued by it for what the, it will do for the MCU, or are they intrigued by it for the cameos, is the thing. I mean, the cameos, yeah. 
duh, the cameos are gonna be the big, a big highlight of the movie. But the story's like I think the, the story, story looks very interesting. Yeah, though. like well, they did do reshoots, so I think that's so. If those reshoots hadn't have happened, it probably wouldn't. It would probably wouldn't look as good. But since they did the reshoots, it actually looks really good. Other than just the cameos are gonna be like with Patrick Professor X, I got chills when I heard his voice being like, "Oh snap!" Like yeah, I mean the trailer definitely got me invested in the story rather than just all of the cameos that are gonna come. Like this the story with Doctor Strange and having to try and like uh, yeah, because like this apparently this thing like apparently how it's being explained is like apparently in each reality Doctor Strange does something to mess up the timeline oh, really? and, like we've seen that because in what if the episode with dr strange he destroy he literally destroys the timeline strange supreme destroys his timeline and then in oh, the yeah. main mcu timeline he create he causes the events of no way home well him and peter both do it but he's the one who cast i think himself. strange is probably to blame for that because tom holland didn't know and strange enabled tom holland i think you mean peter parker oh yeah tom, we'll do the same thing um <laughs> they kind of are <laughs> Like no offense to Tom Holland, Strange enabled that. Like he could have just as easily been like, "Well, did you ask the college people?" And then, "Oh no, I should probably go do that." The end. Movies is over. Uh, but he was like, "Hmm, yeah, here, let me do the spell." So I guess like that's just a bad habit that Strange has. And that yeah. must be an absolute point that Strange breaks the timeline. I guess that's a, that's I guess a consistent thing with every Strange that like a Strange does something dumb that will mess up the timeline. So, but he didn't look ahead and see like this that was gonna happen, and he could have stopped that like all the way. Well, back he said he said he even says in the trailer that he didn't think that any of this would happen if he did that spell. No, I mean like, but like he could have looked ahead in the future. Remember when he in Infinity War? Yeah, he, he did. Like, he did. Look, he could have done that if he wanted to. I feel like he could have been like just been like, hmm, "What's gonna happen if I do this?" Also, I was also I really wish they could have done Nightmare, but I am interested in this multiverse story because they've been setting it up like WandaVision, Loki, What If, and now Spider Man. But I mean, like maybe but, that's the maybe that's the point, right? Like maybe the point is that Doctor Strange is making all these mistakes, and then he's still considered a hero, and then Wanda makes the same mistakes and then she's not considered mistakes. the villain well like not mistakes like dr strange does all this stuff and he's considered a hero but when wanda does it she's considered a villain uh yes it's mistakes he tries to fix peter's little problem oh that's true but he makes it worse and brings then, back yeah old villains and old spideys and then now he's trying to i guess ease his nightmare pain and then now he's uh breaking the whole multiverse and so he then he's oh strange supreme and he's being arrested by the illuminati uh brought in well we don't is he being arrested or is he being he's being arrested or is he being brought in for a job interview like he's <laughs> being arrested like it's like he's wearing cuffs on his arms uh, right and like they're bringing him before like there's a, apparently the rumor thinks that they're gonna discuss whether or not they should kill him but xavier makes him makes a decision to hold him like in prison and there was for his actions concept art too right yeah there's also concept art of professor x in his floating yellow chair from the comics in the x-men 90s cartoon which is Awesome, and I hope that we get to see that. Awesome. Because notice in the trailer, we don't see what Doctor Strange's wheelchair looks like in the actual. Well, Doctor Strange's wheelchair. We don't see what Professor what Professor X's wheelchair looks like in the trailer. So, I'm pretty sure he'll be in. I hope he has that yellow floating chair. That'd be amazing. Um. Yes. I. If they. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Because Marvel's. Because usually nowadays movies, especially the whole Christopher Nolan trilogy, uh, Batman trilogy. I feel like they kind of like. The reason why I'm really banking on the Batman being really good is because 
the Christopher Nolan trilogy, they just tried to make everything so realistic and so grounded that it kind of sucked a lot of the, the, the fun, fun out, out of, of Batman. It. Yeah, like a lot of his villains are like meant to be like fantastic. Even though Batman has no power, a lot of his villains are meant to be like fantastical and have like really fun abilities. Yeah, like like the- Bane is a perfect example. Is Bane literally has venom to that makes him like a big, big man. And this, and in the movie, he's just like a big guy, like. With a funny-sounding mask. <laughs> that makes his voice sound super ridiculous. And I think that the Dark Knight trilogy, like, can be pretty laughable at times, unintentionally. Like, with Bane and... Or, like... I'm trying to think of other parts. But there's other parts where just... Mainly in the Dark Knight Rises, but... You know what we should do? We should go through all the Batman movies. like In, like, one day? Oh, you mean after Batman? Yeah, the Batman. We should go through and watch all the other Batman movies to see how they stack up against against this new one. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, but like, I mean, it's just kind of like right that in down. the Nolan trilogy. It's they like the Batman lore and like mythology is meant to be like all of these fantastical and like fun and zany and wacky characters. And when you try to make that grounded and like be like, oh, we can't do that. That's not realistic. Yeah, I know. It just kind of like ruins the effect of it. And then also. It started this whole this whole thing that everyone was trying to replicate. Like after they saw the success, like the Dark Knight specifically. After after people saw the the success of the success of Dark Knight, the Dark Knight specifically, uh-huh. everyone started trying to replicate that. The Amazing Spider-Man tried to replicate that by being grounded, yeah. and then Fan Four Stick from 2015 tried to replicate that with being grounded. Which Batman, I mean, I guess it can work. Even though we just pointed out how it takes all the fun out of it, Batman, it can work. Yeah. That ground. Like, but when you try to ground like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, that doesn't work. Like basically, Batman's like the Batman's like the only one, the only characters that yes, you can get away with the, it being grounded. Him yeah. and Daredevil, you can do being him, Daredevil, and even the Punisher, you can do grounded and get away with it. Yeah, and then like um, I don't know, like you again, it's kind of the same thing with the live-action remakes. Like you're like. You're talking about a guy who dresses up in a black leather suit and fights crime at nighttime, and and then during the day he's a, he's a billionaire. Like that's that's never gonna happen. So what's well, the, what's the whole point, the point of that was like to be like, well, this could happen in real life. It could, but it probably won't. Well, no, like you can't say you can't say, oh, what if this did happen? Because it's it it, it can't. can't it can't. It can't. No, it can't. There's no there's no need for that. that the just, movie makes it look awesome, but it can't happen. Really. I just take the world which is already on fire and then just like. Make it even more important. Pour gasoline on it. <laughs> like, pretty much. It just, like, it, there's just no need. So, so to do that is just kind of like, I don't know. I always think it's kind of counterproductive, but. So, you're saying that future superhero movies should move away from being grounded and embrace the cockiness? Yeah. I agree well, with I mean, that. I always hard. like it when movies embrace more zany and wacky. Well, stuff. I think they figured out, I think now we figured out how to do it without making it seem silly and goofy. Like, look at Ragnarok. They have they like, bright colors all over the place. Yeah. Um, and the, the the Dark Knight trilogy, like, objectively, or not even objectively, but, like, yeah, they are good movies. I, li- I enjoy them. I think that I, I respect them probably yeah. more than I enjoy them. But, like, just the whole tone and the world and the vibe of the Dark Knight trilogy is kind of what turns me off a little bit. Um... It's still very well done, very well made, but it's yeah. just like it's, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's not one. That's not my favorite. Personally, I prefer Ben Affleck over Christian Bale. I know, like people are not going to disagree with that, and I, people that I've talked to have disagreed with me over that. But I do think I actually do just prefer, honestly, prefer Ben Affleck to Christian Bale. I just think Ben Affleck's the best Batman. 
I mean, if I had to choose a best Batman so far, I don't know if I could because, like, I don't think any of them have really been, like, the most amazing thing ever. Well, like, there's been a bunch of animated Batmans over the years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the animated Bat- like, the Batman the Animated Series is perfect in every way. And it's- it's- it's zany, it's wacky, it keeps the wackiness, but it also is- it takes itself seriously. It has some dark themes and tones in there, so... It really does a good job with that. And then the Batman, I think from the trailers and what people have been saying, it seems to be the perfect like live action Batman tone. The movie itself, it's three hours long, so it might drag a little bit or there might be some story problems or whatever here and there. You might want to go to the bathroom before you watch the movie. Definitely. Like, yeah, because I don't really want to go during the movie. Uh, but kind of this, like, like the whole tone and the aesthetic that they're going for with the Batman is exactly what I would want from a live-action Batman movie. Uh, so, regardless on whether the story is the most amazing thing ever or if the characters are the most amazing, the the world and the vibe that they've set up for the Batman is exactly what I want. So therefore, Robert Pattinson is probably going to be my favorite Batman, regardless of if he's good. But the world he's in is exactly. What you need I want. to start your Batman podcast, dude. You're, talk, you're saying you're talking about Batman so passionately. You need to start your Batman. Podcast. I'm in a Batman mood right now, and like a week, I'm gonna be totally off of this. But right now, I'm on a huge Batman kick. You need, right to, you need to start your podcast as soon as possible, dude. Like, come on. Also, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, about, okay. So in all, we went on a huge Batman rabbit trail because why not? No. And, well, I mean, it's it's right around the corner. We've been talking about it a lot on the podcast. So. We were talking about Doctor Strange, and then we went off, and then you're talking about how like they're going multiverse, and then we went on to like how the Dark Knight trilogy grounds and everything. We went to this huge Batman. Yeah, why did we go from Doctor Strange trail. to the Dark Knight? I don't know. We went from Batman to Doctor Strange to Batman again. Well, the Batman's like tomorrow. It's gonna be amazing. I'm That's, so excited. Well, it, it comes out Friday, but we're seeing it tomorrow. It come, well, it technically, comes out tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure our fans is gonna be fine. But I don't know if it'll be Ben Affleck. Dude, I, really do like I have ben. no idea how fan like there was like fan screenings yesterday. I'm so mad. I'm like, why wasn't I there? I need to be there. I'm like, Whoa. vengeance. That's what I am. Well, dude, like, calm down, Eli. Calm down. Like, I, I totally needed to be there. Like, I, that's my jam. I'm so excited. Look at that. That's amazing. Um. Anyway. So anyway, I think about. that I'm pretty sure that's everything that we that we've missed over the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everything. There's Peacemaker, but nobody cares about no that. No one cares about Peacemaker. Actually, well, apparently everyone cares about that, but yeah, we don't. James Gunn. Because it's too mature for our podcast. So. And then they also announced the Looney Tunes movie with James Gunn doing it and John Cena's story. Oh, my. I love James Gunn, but You why? love James Gunn. James Gunn. He did Guardians of the Galaxy, You dude. love Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, dude. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I love his work on that, but... Why are you obsessed with with John Cena? Like, why? He is a terrible actor. Like, like he's been terrible, he, terrible. Everyone's hiring terrible. John. Everyone's hiring John Cena and everything. One of our friends put it best: any franchise that brings in John Cena, that's it, it's dying. Yeah, I mean, he's. Oh I'm not excited for that. <laughs> okay, so, so um, that's. Now it's everything on the podcast. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's everything. For our our first segment, yes, not for the whole podcast. Oh, that would be done. Okay. What's our main topic? We have Mulan, Jake. Oh, duh. Okay, so we should probably move into the, 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 what's it called? I'm losing my train. I'm forgetting everything. 
We should probably move falling into falling apart right now. You just we like, should move into the sponsorship before I lose my memory on how to do a podcast. So listen to the sponsorship. Hopefully you enjoyed this first half, and hopefully I won't forget everything about this podcast. All right, we're back, and we're ready to talk about our movie of the week this week, which is Mulan. So, uh, first of all, let's start with our behind-the-scenes nugget, and our behind-the-scenes nugget for today for Mulan is that for the seat for certain elements of the movie where like you'd have uh who's the bad guy's name again sean Yu. sean Yu, right we'll talk about him in a second forgettable um sean Yu, his army like that's a lot to draw for like a few animators and we, it's kind of the similar thing to the dalmatians in 101 dalmatians uh, but they didn't, but they now, as we've explained in like the Rescuers Down Under podcast or like maybe a few after that, the animators have now switched from doing that method of animation that they did for 101 Dalmatians that allowed them to just copy and copy and copy, copy and paste with the Xerox machine. Um, yeah. Now they switched to computer generated. So Mulan developed, or Mulan made, had Disney develop a new software, which, uh, it's called Alita. And it has a variant called Dynasty, and they were used to help simulate uh, Sean Yu's army, like giant army, lots of people, and um, it was able to animate them independently. So then the animators didn't have to like spend animate. hours and hours just drawing those all those armies, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the, we're it's advancing the uh, Disney medium of animation. So that's cool. their muscles get their animated muscles is getting bigger. Yes. Uh, so that's our behind-the-scenes nugget for today, and uh, now let's talk about Mulan. So Mulan, I think this is a this is a very good movie. I think it's a yeah, I think it's a very good movie. I do think it has some flaws though. It's not great, but it's a good movie. Some of the characters are a bit bland. First of all, first of all, let's talk about the villain, Sean Yu. We already mentioned him. Sean Yu is probably one of the. I mean, he's a good villain. He gets the job done, but he's just not very interesting. Sean Yu is, because, uh, like, you can say before, like, you're, like the, the thing is, like, oh, yeah, we love Jafar, we love Ursula, la, 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 because we love them just because they love to be evil and they don't care who knows it. And I guess you could say Sean Yu loves to be evil, and he's, like, but he's not, like, overjoyed about being evil. Yeah, he's just evil for the sake of being evil. Like, I guess he likes what he's doing, but he's just kind of, like, heh. He doesn't really, they don't really give a reason for why he's doing what he's doing. He doesn't really have a motive. He feels like a villain that should have a motivation for what he's doing. Like, Hades had a motivation for what he was doing, but here, he, Sean Yu does not have really a motivation just, to make him interesting. He just doesn't have any distinct personality traits that make him stand out and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember that guy. Like it's He just, looks cool and he sounds cool, but he's just not very interesting. He's kind of forgettable. Yeah, he's just kind of there. Um, and he doesn't bring anything to the table other than a cool design. Yeah. Cool voice. Uh, also, I think that uh, Shang Li Shang Li Shang is he is also very boring. I think he, yeah, I think he's kind of boring. A lot of the love interests in Disney movies are a lot, are a lot of times boring. That's something they never really fixed. Well, the Renaissance, some I guess they kind of fixed it a little bit here. Renaissance, they they fixed it a little bit. Like Mulan is this character with layered ambition and. Uh, Texture and she has all of these, you know, character traits. But Sean Yu is just kind of, or no, Lee Shang. Lee Shang. I can't, I, I lose track of these characters' names. Uh, but that guy is just kind of like, yeah, he's, he's like, I want to lead these troops because my dad is the general. 
Yeah, I guess he wants to save China, which I mean, you know, whatever. was a reasonable relation, but still, he's not very interested. And even then, the final battle, he runs away. Like when like Mulan drops down from the sky, you see, you can clearly see him running away from the battle. Yeah, so uh, he's kind of boring. And uh, I'm trying to think of any other characters, but I guess the other characters are fine. Um, well, we also have like the three. Chinpo, Ling, and Yao. Those three actually. Oh yeah, those like, three are good. I, I mean, like Chinpo is like, I like Yao the best out of those. There was three. Yao is my favorite out of those three. Yeah, um, and those guys are good. Yeah, they they stand out. And they're fun comedic relief. Um, yeah, well, secondary comedic relief. There's one person we'll talk about later, which I feel like this movie actually suffers from the same problem that. Shang-Chi suffered from. Actually. What what do you think what do you think Shang-Chi suffered from? Because I think we said Shang-Chi remember we said Shang-Chi suffered because it leans way too much into the Marvel formula. Well, I think well one of the Marvel formulas is that you have to add all these jokes to make it lighthearted and yeah. funny. That's I, I can, think you that, can really feel that in Shang-Chi, I feel like. I think that Mulan suffers from the same problem. I really do. Really? When I was watching this, yeah, there's there's a a deeper and more emotionally dense story that is somewhere in this movie but it gets drowned out because they felt the need to add in all these jokes well was the live action one any more serious than this one it tried to be but it was just laughable really <laughs> the live action one is not any better uh, well, the animated one's well always what do i mean better. not any better the live action one was not very good at all uh and because this because the mulan that this this one from 1998 is a classic hero's journey where someone comes from nothing. No one thought they could do it. Nobody believed in them. And then they, through hard work and determination, they rise up and overcome the villain and are now Even though they're pretending to be something that they're not, they still do it. And then, yeah, and through the process of pretending to be something that they're not, learn more about themselves to be true to themselves, that kind of thing, and be true to your heart, and then um, (laughs) rise up and become the hero. And in the Disney live-action remake, the whole thing is... Mulan is the chosen one, and she was always destined to save all of China. She doesn't really. Do, she's just kind of always special. Like they, like felt they felt the need at the very beginning of the movie. It kicks off with the scene where they show you how awesome Mulan is, where she's like chasing a chicken, and then she like does all these flips and acrobatics, and she's jumping all over the place, and it's like, oh, look at her, she's so amazing, even when she's like two years old, and then. Um, like, it just, the whole movie, she's just doing everything better than all these dumb men because everyone knows that men are the most dumb. Wasn't there a scene in the live action one where, like, the men were, like, drinking out of, like, the like the trough thing? Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's literally drinking out of it with a spoon. Yeah, this, this, this spoon that materializes out of nowhere. That, um, okay, that is ridiculous. Like, she's. I haven't even seen it, but I've seen that scene. And I was just like, wow. Like the the movie is just like Mulan is the is always destined to be the greatest thing ever, uh, and in this movie she starts from nothing and then she works her way to the top and she earns it and it's a classic hero story and it's very epic it's in like especially with the enhanced shots of the new software that helps bring this epic scale to certain scenes like in the avalanche scene which is a very well done sequence. Uh, and it, it's it's very like thrilling and exciting and and there's a lot of great imagery in here like a lot of the shots I was very impressed with how well like the how much they took advantage of certain shots the way they're framed the way they're, sh- they're shot 
to where it looks really good. And the imagery and the and the uh, style, I think most of this probably comes from uh, Chris Sanders, who was brought on, and his specific art style is, I think, very influential because he was a big part of the the art direction of this movie. He's also the director of Lilo and Stitch and the voice of Stitch in that movie. Uh, but he just has a very distinct like flair and style that. He really, I think he really elevates because I think he also worked on Lion King as well. Like he started with that, and just this really great imagery and and the way like cinematography, even in an animated movie, which may not sound like that's a thing, but it is. Like the way shots are framed, they work really well. Like in the shots where Mulan is is conflicted about who she is, she holds up a reflection of the sword, and it's perfectly split down the middle. This half of her with what people want her to be in this half of her of who she thinks she is yeah um there's just a lot of really great imagery in here and like again certain certain sequences are very cool and like the fight choreography which i think was actually that was actual choreography that they make for the movie in order to get the movie for the movie they can make it right like they actually used live action models for some of the choreography uh, in certain sequences and just like the action sequences are very well done they're very exciting like the finale yeah. is is i think is pretty well done uh and there's a lot of deeper emotional themes and like uh stuff in here that would be really cool um and it's a very serious story but i do think that it kind of gets drowned out by all of the humor that they yeah i like could see that they a little bit because there's the big thing that we haven't talked about, which is Mushu. Mushu is the best character. I'm gonna defend Mushu for him for Eddie Murphy. I, mean, I know Eddie Murphy, Eddie, Murphy, Eddie Murphy probably doesn't care anymore, but I'm gonna defend him anyway. Defend him for him anyway. Mushu is the best character in this movie, hands down. Mushu is amazing. Which I mean, I don't know if I'd say that because what? It's why he's easily the best character in this movie. Who would you say is the best character? In this? If it's not Mushu, who would you say? Is the best uh, character Mulan. In this movie? Really? I'd say Mulan is the best character in this movie. Yeah. What? Really? Even though you said you don't like her acting? Ming-Na Wen's I, acting? I, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think uh, Ming-Na Wen, who plays Mulan, I feel bad, but I really don't think that she's a very good actress. What did she do wrong? She just, like, she, she just, there's not very much emotion in her voice at all. She's just kind of speaking words, and it's just, she sounds a little robotic. And even in The Mandalorian, I was just kind of like, eh. She's not, like, I don't think she's the most amazing actor ever. But, um, like, Mushu, did he make me laugh? Sure. Yeah, I thought he was pretty funny. Uh, but I feel like he's just an un... He just doesn't fit with this story that I felt like could have benefited from him not being there. And not with the dumb phoenix that's in the live-action one. Well, that's why, it's, that's why he wasn't there in the live-action one, because they said he didn't fit the he didn't fit the story they were trying to tell, so that's why they came I do agree with that. One. I think that this movie would maybe benefit from taking out a lot of the, uh, like, jokey stuff and side stuff, and but, but focusing more on the stuff that worked in this movie and not trying to add in stuff that didn't work even more than the stuff that didn't work in the animated one. Like, in the live-action one... They understood, like, what I'm trying to say is that there's a much more serious story in here that's trying to break free, but it's getting choked out by a lot of com- comedic relief that they added in. And the live-action one, they did try, but then they also added in even dumber stuff. Like, they took out the stuff that I would say maybe didn't work as well in this movie, but then they added in stuff that was even worse. Like, uh, how people are running on walls, and... <laughs> They're going for like realism. People, people literally run up a wall. It's like 10, not, not even, like 20, 30 feet high, and they just run up it. That's sad. Why? 
Can you explain that to me, please, in this live-action, grounded-in-reality movie that you made? Why are people running up walls? doesn't make any sense. And then there's the dumb phoenix that, like, sh- shows up in, like, two or three scenes, and it just, like, flies in the air, and Mulan's like, oh, the phoenix. Like, she doesn't even say anything. She's like, oh. It's like, what is this phoenix supposed to be? It's supposed to be, like... A spirit guiding Mulan? They never explain it. Nobody ever talks about it. At least from what I can tell from the one time that I watched it like a year ago. Um, but like, no, like nobody even talked. They're not like, oh, that phoenix is supposed to be the spirit of your great-great-grandfather or something. It's just kind of like there. It doesn't even do anything to help Mulan. It's just kind of like, it like sits there. And Mulan looks at it and goes, huh, what a pretty phoenix. And then the movie moves on. It's just like, that's so and Mulan, or not Mulan, sorry, uh, Mushu. Mushu is still the best character in this movie. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I still, I I disagree. Mushu, I think, I think Mushu makes this movie for me. Like, Mushu was in, I don't know if I would watch it as much. Um, um, Mushu, I don't like it as much. I, I think Mushu say. has some plot significance, maybe. Kind of. Nah, he has significance not a in the plot. Whole. He's trying to get promoted back to being a guardian of and the galaxy. Has, and he has, like, yeah, he has a character. So, and he, but he doesn't really have an arc either. Like, it's just kind of like... I want to be back on the council. And then, like, even when they don't get their wish, I feel like that would have been a point in the movie. And I kind—I guess I'm kind of glad that they didn't do this, but also it's kind of like... Like, Mushu doesn't really change from where he is at the beginning of the movie. Like, at the beginning of the movie, he's just kind of out for himself. Yeah. And then, as the movie goes along, he, he kind of helps Mulan, but then he's still, like, he just he gets exactly what he wants, so... Which is true. With not, and he doesn't really go through any trouble at all. He just kind of watches Mulan go through some trials, and then he's just like, "Oh, okay, I get what I want, cool." Uh, and whereas Mulan has this arc throughout the movie, but I, still, I know I still, I still, I'm still, I'm sorry, that's crazy. I just, I just think Mushi makes this movie for me. But yeah, at least he's a character. At least he's not just like he he has a uh, an objective. At least he reaches that objective, unlike the Phoenix, which is just pops up in two or three scenes and just nothing! It does nothing! And they're just like, oh, the Phoenix! And it's just, oh my goodness. That was so dumb. And then the whole thing with the witch lady and the turning into the birds and, like, you thought, you looked at Mushu and you thought, oh, that doesn't look in live action. And then you added in this witch lady that can shapeshift into different animals? What are you... <laughs> it's just laughable. It's just like... Oh my goodness. It doesn't... Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, the live-action remake of Mulan was... It it tried, kind of, although it was just trying to be a, like, woman power movie. Like, just, oh, look at how powerful women are and how dumb men are. Which, that uh, was not what the original Mulan was about at all. Like, Disney doesn't understand a hero's journey. Disney looks at hero's journey movies and they say, Right, let's take that. Let's replace it with a woman, and then don't make her earn her position at all. She just is always deserved it. Like the perfect example is Ray in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> like they looked at a hero's journey, a classic tried and true hero's journey from Episode Four: A New Hope and the original trilogy of Star Wars, and they said, right, let's take that, replace it with a girl, and then just kind of make like she was always the hero. Like, Rey does, she, she does not make a single mistake. Except the only time you could argue is when she used her force lightning and shot down the Chewie, the transport that they thought Chewie was on. But then again, that wasn't even a mistake because Chewie wasn't even on it! So, nope, he wasn't on it. 
it's like Disney doesn't understand a hero's journey. Like Mulan, this movie is a hero's journey, coming of age story where Mulan starts from uh, the very bottom and she works her way. Where Sarah Zahn earns it, but then. He earned it. I still haven't seen the live action one. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it. The live action one, they had this dumb thing where it's like, everyone has this chi, but yeah, it's kind of like Chinese culture or whatever. But then they're like, and they, everyone has this chi. But Mulan, she has the strongest chi. She's like the strongest person in the, the history of the world. It's just like, that's not a hero's journey. That's not interesting. People can't relate to a character like that. That's kind of why a lot of people get turned off by Superman. Like a lot of people are just like, yeah, I don't really know how to connect with Superman because he's like he's, all powerful. He's and like some people say he's basically a god. Yeah, like he's people make the argument that he's just kind of born being perfect and he's never makes any mistakes and and kind of does everything perfectly. So they can't really relate to that. And I think they did a good job with that in Man of Steel, like really doing a breakdown of this character and and examining him and what makes him tick and that kind of thing. And I thought Man of Steel was very good. I liked that movie. Uh, but I can kind of see where people movie. are coming from. And that's exactly what the problem is with the live-action remake of Mulan and with the sequel trilogy is that you can't relate to a character who doesn't make any mistakes because all of us make mistakes all the time. Yeah. So and there's a character that doesn't make any mistakes and, like, what's, why would you get invested in that character if you're going to make no mistakes? Exactly. So, but this movie uh, doesn't do that, doesn't make that mistake. It actually has a very good uh, hero's journey. I just wish, like, the story that they're trying to tell, like, it has some serious... <laughs> heavy emotional moments and then we cut away to all these like jokes and comedic relief characters who i think are good like they they they're good characters but they i don't think they work in this particular movie and this story that they're trying to tell it's a pretty emotional and like pretty heavy story but then you have like mushu and yao and ling and or not uh, or those the three guys chinpo ling and yao chinpo ling and yao yeah those guys um a girl worth fighting for. That's a good song. I like That's that a good song. song. Also, we haven't talked about the music, but I think the music is pretty good. The standout song for this from the song from this movie for me is "I'll Make a Man Out of You." I mean, that I song be, is awesome. When I don't watch this movie for a while, I start going, "Well, the music in this movie is good, but I don't think it's that good because you forget a lot of the song." Like I'm like, not as many of the songs are very memorable except for like "Make a Man Out of You." But when I was watching this movie, I was like. Oh yep, I remember that one, and I remember that one, and I remember that one. Like I, I was like, wow, these these songs are actually very memorable. Like you have reflection, you have make a man out of you, you have, uh, um, what's the one where they're singing in the town with the matchmaker? Uh, what's that called? Um, um, you'll bring honors to us all. You'll bring honors to us all. Like I was like, oh yeah, I remember all of these songs. So they are very memorable, and I think the music is very well done. It kind of has that Chinese folklore, but it's also like yeah. very again, it's very epic. Like. It, it has some serious, like, epic moments in this movie, but I do, I do think it gets choked out by the... They felt like they need to add all this comedic relief into it. So, again, I don't think that, I don't think that Mushu's bad. I don't think that Chin, Po, uh, Yao, and Lang are bad. I just, think, I just don't think they work in this particular movie. Like, Mushu's funny. And the three guys, I'm just gonna call them the three dudes, are funny. They're meant I, to show I, insight. They're meant to show insight in what what life was like in the army. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They're, that's what their whole point is. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them on screen. I was never like, oh, great, there's these guys again. I liked them. I thought they were good. I, I enjoyed them as characters, but I think that for the story that they were trying to tell in this movie, I don't think that they really fit into that. And it kind of like. Like, the tone kind of shifts from being extremely serious. Like, I'm specifically thinking of the 
scene where she's like, uh, like reflection. That's a pretty emotional and like pretty serious moment. And then you'll have like Sean Yu scenes intercut with Mushu making Mulan porridge and being like, oh, she she got a sword. Oh, my little baby off to destroy people. Like, and they're very close together. So I feel like the tone kind of shifts from scene to scene, kind of. Um, and it doesn't bother me a whole lot. Like, I'm not like, wow, this completely ruins the movie for me. But I do think that there is a little bit to be desired when it comes to Mulan. Like, it's kind of like, this is a very good movie. But I feel like it could be even better if they just focused more on, on what worked and left out a few of uh, the comedic relief stuff. Which I know you got to make it interesting for kids. But this story is very, like, they, they came up with a pretty serious, deep story. And I think it would be a good lesson for children. Maybe make the tone a little bit lighter, but not go full out like with the cartoons and stuff. Cartoony zaniness of like Mushu and the three dudes and that kind of thing. The three dudes. So um, overall, this is a good, solid Disney film. It probably does stand up with the I best. mean, do you agree? What do you think, actually? What do you think Me? about it? Like, yeah. I just gave all of my opinions, but then what's your opinion? Well, I do think it's a, I do think it's a good, it's a good, solid Disney film. It's just not exactly a favorite. Like I do think it's good, but I do think some of the ones, some of the ones in the Renaissance are better. Like this is definitely one of the better Renaissance movies. But I do think that like some of it is is I do think like the some of the characters I do think that some of the characters are a little bit like too like one dimensional. Yeah. Like Sean Yu and Li Shang are like my big problem with this one is Li Sh- is is not Li Shang. He's no, um, like my big problem with this movie is Sean. You know, I wish they would have made him more interesting, like make a bit more of a compelling villain. Yeah, like if he would have had a, if he had a more compelling villain arc, then I probably would have liked this one a lot more. But since I'm not really that invested into the villain, like I wish, like that's why this kind of what holds it back. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So. Uh, that's that will conclude our episode for today. Which is rated though? I'd probably oh, give it. Yeah. I'd probably give it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a... Uh, I still think that Hercules is better. Maybe a 7.5. Yeah, I think Hercules is better. But I do think that this is a very good movie. It's, it's memorable. It stands out. It's not like, oh, great, I watched that. Now I'm going to forget about that forever. Uh, it does. It is memorable, and it does stand out, and I do enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, there you go. There's our thoughts on Mulan. And without further ado, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to watch Eli and Hollywood with the Rise of the Rise of the Rise of Minecraft Madness, which is our guest content. Minecraft Gaming and and the... Minecraft Gaming? Uh, my, 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 uh, Minecraft Madness, the Salzer Freaks YouTube channel, and the Movie Majors YouTube channel. Be sure to also check out the X-Files podcast I have with Eli Spencer, the Spectacular Spider-Nerd podcast I have with myself. And keep an eye out for the Crazy Crusaders podcast that Eli Hollywood and Eli Spencer will be doing together, the two double E's. And without further ado, you'll, you'll hear, hear us real soon. soon.